0: Hello and welcome to another Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago and oh boy, I have a very, very... An interesting episode for you, to be honest. I spent the whole day thinking I need to record, I need to speak with the wannabe entrepreneurs because I think you will enjoy it. I I mean, I have everything for you. I have drama, I have excitement, I have neutrality, which is also important in life. (laughs) I'll be I'll be speaking about some not so good things that happen in the community. I won't mention any names, but (laughs) I told you that I want to be totally open and speak about the good things and the bad things. So I will definitely cover that topic. I will be also speaking about the new AI tool that was just launched. ChatGPT is mind-blowing, completely mind-blowing. And I will uh, speaking a little bit about my experience and how I am using it. And how I think I can use it in, in going forward in the future in my own project. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It's insane. I will also be speaking about uh, freelancing and uh, my experience there. I will give some tips from the things I've learned. And uh, I will also speak about uh, being addicted to work and this addiction that I've been feeling because there's so much I have to do and I'm so passionate about it. But at the same time, I need to know when it's time to rest and to stop and to do other things. I'm putting a lot of things in the back burner that I should not. So I will speak about that and uh, maybe some ideas on how I can improve and uh, disconnect more often from the indie and the working life. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started with today's episode. For many years, I struggled with depression and anxiety, and it felt like I was constantly being pulled down by a dark cloud. I found it difficult to engage with the world, and sometimes it felt like everything was a struggle. But then something changed. I started to reach out for help and support, and slowly but surely, I began to feel better. I started to see the world in a different light, and I realized that I was stronger than I thought. I began to channel my newfound energy and and determination into building a business. I started small, but as I continued to work hard and and learn from my experiences, my business began to grow and thrive. Today, I'm proud to say that I am a successful entrepreneur, and I owe all of that to... To this ability of overcome the personal challenge that I faced in my life. This is an inspiring story, a story that maybe a lot of you can relate to. But this story is not real; it's fake. It was completely created by Chat GPT. I asked it to create a personal story in the first person about a person that o- overcame a personal challenge in life, and use that to build a business. That was my prompt. That was the input I gave to the tool, and the tool generated this story that I just narrated to you. It's mind-blowing. It's it's unbelievable, really. In the community, people started to mention this chat GPT, and everyone was sharing that. And at first, I thought it was just a trend, so I, I kind of ignored it. But then, finally, I decided to try it out. This, the way they they made this new version of the GPT model, is that it's actually a chat. That's why it's called Chat GPT. So you can just have a conversation with this entity. I started doing that yesterday. It was night. It was late at night, actually, and. I was bored and I wanted to do something and I started writing down and I it's mind-blowing. It's it's really you, you need to try. But let me give you some examples. So you can ask it to summarize a big text. And and one thing that I that I've done was I went to a landing page, to the Indie Lottery landing page, and I copied the whole text. I, I didn't filter There was a lot of text that was bullshit, right? So you have the contacts, you have a lot of things, you have dates, whatever. And I pasted on the chat and said, summarize this. And the the chat did. It wrote down what my landing page was about in three sentences. And it did this in seconds. It's absurd. It's it's by the way a great way for you to check out if you are actually transmitting the message that you want to transmit with your landing page so I highly recommend you to do to do that just go to chat.openai.com you just have to create an account but it's free they are kind of in beta or alpha mode so it's fully free and you can just like play with it they they will probably use your conversations to train it but you can just go to your page control a and then go to the chat, control V and control A, Control C. <laughs> you need to select everything, then control C and go to the chat and paste everything and ask and to summarize it. I just said I summarized this and I pasted. It. It's it's incredible. And you can actually ask questions. So let's say I just pasted the whole text of my community landing page and then it summarizes it. And I ask, what is the price? And it will answer you. And it will answer you like a person. It will tell you that the price is X, or if the price is not explicit, it will say, I cannot tell you. Because it's not explicit in the page. And... It gets, it gets more complex than that. I actually copied the full transcription of an interview I did with Peter Levels, which is huge. It was one hour and a half. And I pasted it and I asked it to summarize and it did in seconds. In seconds. It, it was able, it's able to process information with a speed that it, it's, it's, it's... Just for you to understand, I really believe that this tool is already capable of passing the Turing test. You know what this is, right? The Turing test was a test that was designed by Alan Turin. And the idea was that there is you, you are a subject of a test, and you are communicating with an entity. You don't know if it's a human entity or if it's a non-human entity. You're just communicating through a chat. And in the end, you have to say if you are talking with a machine or not. I really believe that we already have the technology to trick humans. To make humans believe that they are talking with, with a human, with another human. But I also believe that this is more powerful than that. Like, we are able now to ask a machine to do things that humans cannot do. You, We are able to ask a machine to explain things to you in simple terms. And... One other experiment that I did, it's really, really interesting. So I'm a very creative person, right? I'm always having new ideas. And one day I had an idea for kind of a movie, a movie plot. And the idea was the following. There's this person that uh, has a family and she has a husband and uh, two kids. She's very happy. And then... She goes to bed and she starts sleeping and dreaming about the man that she meets. And it's a pleasant dream and then it's over. But then every time she goes to bed, she kind of resumes that dream and starts having kind of a relationship with this with his man. And that's the plot. I just introduced this, what I just told you, to the chat and asked for, for, the, for the tool to generate a story out of it. And it did. It's incredible. It it fully generated a story. It it's a complex story too. It's a story with that really understands human social aspects and and feelings and understands what's going through this character's mind. And then I started asking questions about this story. So, what what the tool came up with? It said that, yeah, this woman started to kind of fall in love for the life she had in in her dreams. But then she realized that it was not real and she, it was not easy, but she was able to kind of overcome this dream. And then slowly she was able not to, not to dream about it anymore. But the tool did not specify how. So I asked, how did she do this? How was she able to stop dreaming about this man? and it came up with a very good a very good solution it said it was not easy but she tried with meditation she tried with trying to think about other things before going to bed and then slowly but steadily she was able to do that and to stop dreaming and then i asked the tool to rewrite the story but this time the woman actually tells her real husband about the dreams. And then it generates another story, another version of this story, but very in a very, very complex way. It's incredible. Another test that we did, because I've been sharing this with the community and, and uh, with a lot of my friends, and we are just like trying to see what are the possibilities. And one thing that we realize is that a lot of us, you probably, me as well, we are not very comfortable answering emails. We don't like doing that. It takes a lot of time. For me, actually, it's not a big issue for me because I'm not at all a perfectionist, so I will just write whatever. But my partner, for instance, for her, it's really hard. She takes really long time to write an email. But now she can just say what she wants to write, what she wants to transmit, and this tool writes a perfect email. And then João, the co-founder of Indie Lottery, was telling me this idea. Imagine that now or in the in the near future, everyone communicates with each other through this tool. So there's no hard feelings. People are always able to say nice things. They don't trespass their frustrations. So I asked the tool, please, can you idealize, can you create a story with this reality? And the tool did. And it, it always defaults for an epi, an epi story. So I asked it, okay, but what are the bad consequences of it? And then the tool actually came up with consequence that I didn't even think about. The tool said, one big problem of this reality is that if for some reason the chat stops working and GPT starts working, people do not know how to communicate with each other. And it's a pandemonium. Can you believe this? Can you believe how complex this is? Like how fast this AI is? Like it started with with the image generation, and now is this. And you can actually combine both, right? So at this moment, I can have an idea for a plot of a movie, and I can see it, how it develops in the AI. Like, I don't need people to create content for me anymore. I don't need people to create Netflix series and books, because I can have an idea, and I see I, I see how the story unfolds in front of me. I don't need anyone to create this. Like, this will change everything. Another example, we have tons of feedback from people from the Indie Lottery, and it's really interesting because João keeps finding the things that he intuitively thinks are, are, are going to improve our landing page. So he's very much into design and he says, see, this guy is saying that we need design. See, uh, this woman is saying that we need upvotes. And for me, I since I'm not very much, for instance, into upvotes, I'm more into... Dev- developing the f- the product into a search engine, I pick the comments that speak about search engines, right? And we have tons of comments. So, of course, we have a lot of content to select. But we could just take all of this, put it in, in G- GTP and, and ask, and GPT. I'm always confusing GTP and G- GPT, I don't know why. But we could just ask GPT to summarize this. And it's very impartial. It's basically going to check and take everything and tell us what is the real feedback like imagine the possibilities that this tool can bring imagine how many jobs this tool will take like any content creation job will it will disappear or or it will or will it enable people like i don't know it's it's scary yesterday when i was when i was playing around with it i started shaking because i've never felt anything like this i've never felt like this machine was actually not only human like it's actually better than better than me i'm i'm speaking with an entity that is better than myself and this is just the beginning so so this is really really interesting and i highly highly recommend you to go and check out this i really think In the other hand, and and maybe taking this into a less darker path, this is incredible. Like, this is going to enable so many indie makers like you and me, because one of the biggest challenge for us is time, right? We are not very good in content creation, for instance, or let's say you are a developer. You're not very good at marketing. You're not very good at communication or or vice versa, right? It could also be the opposite. You can be really good in writing content, but you're not really good in writing code. But now these tools allow you to do this. Now, if I want to write a post, so let's say I just have an interview, I copy the whole transcript and I say, make a blog post or make three blog posts out of this and make five tweets. And it does. It really does. It makes the tweets. It makes the blog post. So imagine how much time this is saving me. And it's also able to write code. You can just say, write an app that does this, this and this. And it writes it. Like it's it's we are already there. This is actually already happening. So I can also see like in the plus side the the benefits of this will enable us to make and build stuff so much faster. To build tools that will change the world so much faster. It's it's really, really incredible. And there are already a lot of tools that in like five years ago, they didn't exist. And that's what I love as well about this indie making scene. Because we find a little problem and we can iterate really fast. We can make a solution super, super fast. Today, I have... Another sponsored section of this episode, and as you already know, I'm doing this uh, um, now since I think two or three episodes. And today we are back to speak about FeedHive. I told you that we had a few slots around FeedHive, and in each slot I will tell about a different feature of the tool, so it's not repeated content. And this one is really, really interesting. This one is the social inbox. So what is the social inbox? First of all, let me tell you one thing that is really important. Speak with anyone that you know that is into Twitter and uses Twitter regularly. They will tell you there are a few things that you can do that will increase your engagement a lot. And one of these things is to engage with people the maximum you can. It's, it's something that will definitely enhance your, your reach, the reach of your tweets. For instance, Dagobert just released his course and that's one thing that he says. He was always saying, if you remember the interviews we did together, he was always saying, Yes, that's something you should do. Just and he used to spend hours just engaging with the people that engaged with him and going and, and finding people on the multiple hashtags in, in engaging with them. But this is a lot of work. Like this is a lot, a lot of work. And for people maybe like you or, or like me that do not like marketing, this is annoying because I want Twitter to be fun and not something that I I, like an obligation that I need to go and write and answering people. So FeedHive has a very interesting feature. It's called social inbox. You just go to FeedHive and you go to activity, you click in social inbox. And what this does is it shows you in a very intuitive way, all your mentions all your opportunities to engage with people. And by the way, this is really incredible. And one thing I like as well about the, doing this sponsor is that I get to learn more about FeedHive because I'm using this tool now. So you, you, I have multiple accounts connected with FeedHive, multiple Twitter accounts and one LinkedIn account. So I have my personal Twitter account, my community account, my podcast account, and as well, my LinkedIn account. And I can just select one of these accounts. So I just selected, for instance, now my my main account, Tiago WBE. And I see everyone that has engaged with me, and I have the possibility to answer them right away. It makes this process so much faster. And... What I love about this is, is that on the right side, it shows you the post context. So you you only have one tweet and then the opportunity to write something. But if you don't remember what this tweet is about, you can just check the post context and you see the full overview of the tweet. This makes the process of engaging with people so much easier. It's, it's absurd. It's really, really amazing. And I can just switch. Like I just go through my main account, then I go to my LinkedIn account. It also works with LinkedIn, by the way. Every mention you have on your LinkedIn posts, and because of it, I've now I've been using more LinkedIn, and I actually get a lot of likes and a lot of engagement, which is really cool. And then I move to my WB community. I I move to my podcast account, and I basically interact with everyone. And um, one thing that uh, Simon says as well, is that 80% of the effort should go to engaging and 20% should go to content scheduling. So if you want to grow your Twitter account and engagement, you should actually spend more time engaging with people than actually writing and scheduling content. So this feature, social inbox, is really, really important and uh, that's that's today's feature i highly recommend you for you to go and check it out and uh, of course as you know we have a link for you with the um, with the discount we have the link wb25 and if you use this code wb25 you get 25% off on the entire first year of using Feedrive, the link And the code will be in the show notes as well, so that you can go there and check it out. And that's it. That's the end of today's sponsored section. If you want to get your product featured in this podcast, like Simon did with FitHive, it's very simple. There's a link in the show notes. You can just go there, click Fill in the information of your product and if I have any questions, I'll reach out to you and it's a way for you to support the Be Entrepreneur podcast and as well a way for you to put your product into other indie makers' ears. So if you want to do that, again, the link will be in the description. Now, that's all I wanted to tell you about the AI and, and tools and how we can use these tools to help us to be more productive and to do more with the time we have now let's speak about something else let's speak i want to speak about the community situation that happened this this week which is a maybe not so happy topic and then i want to move to maybe happier topics i told you that i want to be as honest with you as possible I really believe that it's important for us indie makers to not only share our highs and our high points and happiness, but as well to share the challenges. Because if I only sell the idea that being an indie maker is butterflies and pink and everything nice, when something that is not so nice happens to you, you'll think that you're doing something wrong, but you're not. Most of the journey is a roller coaster. Everyone says it. there's high points and and low points. And this this month of November was really bad for the community in terms of growth. I told you about this, right? Like no one joined, no one knew joined the community. The engagement was going down, and in the end, it just finished with the sherry on top of the terrible cake. <laughs> which was a problem in the community. I don't want to say names, but one of the members, one of the members of the community was not happy with the ways I was taking the community. I was not happy with the features that I was basically bringing to the community. And this member told me this in a very aggressive way. I said that maybe did not make sense for this member to continue paying for the community because... I had no intention to change the way things were going because most people were really happy with it. So I offered a refund and said, okay, let's part ways because I don't want any one of us to be unhappy. It's a very awkward situation, to be honest. It's the first time this is happening to me. I knew, I figured that this would happen someday, but I always wanted to avoid. I I avoid conflict. I don't like conflict. So having this happening to me is annoying But I realized, okay, it it happens. The member was a bit upset, but left. But now I realize that this member is kind of trashing me and the community on social media. I mean, this is not nice. This is really not nice. This can, by the way, cost me members. Can it cost my business? And it's simply not true. It was just a misunderstanding. And it was just not a good fit. Anyway, the things that the member said are incredibly like I, I I don't want to tell you everything because privacy and everything, but it hurts. Like I I have I I know how to deal with negativity and bad comments. I mean I've been on Reddit, right? So if you go to Reddit, people will really shit talk you, and it's normal, right? So I have a thick skin for that. I, I ignore that. But when it's about the community, when it's about people that I consider to be more than my clients. they are, A lot of them are my friends, right? So when there's a problem, I, I feel bad. And I don't know, it, it, it makes me think, it affects me. One thing that I've realized is that a lot of the members, fortunately, there's not a lot, but the few members that I had problems with in the community were members that from the beginning, I knew they could cause problems, but I ignored it. I thought that maybe it was just my intuition and i should give the benefit of the doubt and i did i gave i gave multiple second chances to a lot of members but they always or most of most of the times end up proving me right that i should have kicked them out earlier now i, I really don't know what i should do because i don't want to just follow my intuition because that's the recipe for disaster right like when people start following their intuition They start having stereotypes and then you have discrimination and racism and all of that. So I don't want to do that. But at the same time, I need to create certain rules. Rules that allow me to identify someone that will potentially damage the community. And I need to, quote unquote, fire them. I need to remove them from the community as fast as possible. Not only because it can affect the business, but it can affect me. And we don't want negativity in our lives, really. It's much better... To remove a paying clients that, and and lose that money then in, in the future or, or just then to live in this negativity. So that was really the, the end, the, the cherry on top of the shit cake that I had about the community this, this month. In the plus side, the month is over and in the first month of November, in December, already three new people joined. And we had the events and like engagement went back to normal. So I don't know, like November was just like a cursed month. I don't know why. It seems that December has started at least much, much in a much positive note. So that's really cool. And another really amazing thing that happened was Spotify wrap up. Yeah, this is the time, and if you are a Spotify user, you probably already checked out your wrap-up, and this is the time where Spotify creates a really nice presentation about your music and what you've listened this past year, and for us podcasters, you get also an overview on your year as a podcaster, and I have to say, I am so, so happy with, with the results. Like they are really, really incredible. And let me tell you about uh, some of the statistics that Spotify shared with me. So first of all, Spotify said that this podcast, the WB, the podcast that you listen was in the top 15% of the most shared globally. What? 15% of the most shared global. This is unbelievable. This is crazy, and then it also says that we are the top ten percent most followed podcast. We are in the top ten percent most followed podcasts. Now, I know what you're thinking. What, Yago? You must have millions of followers. No, I don't. I don't. Like, if I go to the statistics of Spotify, like my podcast is spread across multiple platforms. But if I go to the statistics of Spotify, we have like around 315 followers. So. This means as well that it's super hard. Like, I knew that it was hard to grow a podcast. I knew it. But the fact that with this amount of followers, I'm the 10% most followed, it's it's incredible. It, it, it proves that it's hard, but we are doing a good job. And as well, we are in the top 10 podcasts of 311 fans, in the top five podcasts of 176 fans, and in the top one. We are the first podcast for 50 fans, 50 Spotify listeners. Thank you. Like, I just, I can only say thank you so much to you. Yes, you that are listening to this podcast right now, I'm telling directly to you in your ears. I'm saying thank you so much for this. Like, you cannot imagine how happy this made me feel. And the fact that I can help you as well with your indie projects and everything, it's it's unbelievable thank you. Thank you very much. We are the WB family and we are there. And like, I'm excited for the next year because we are going to be in the top five, <laughs> you know? So yeah, make sure to continue sharing this, continue listening to this, and give me feedback. Send me a message at the WB Tiago. And if you have the statistics, share them on Twitter and tag me because you know you'll make my day. And that's it. So I just wanted to kind of cover the, the shit month of November with these amazing things that happened in the, in the beginning of December, which are incredible and really, really nice. These statistics that I got from Spotify, plus the fact that the audience keeps growing and I get great feedback from you, the listeners, Make me believe that this podcast can continue growing and can actually become a valid source of revenue. Especially now that I'm accepting sponsorships and people are actually willing to pay to be sponsored and feature in my WB episodes. I want as well speak about diverse, diversifying my revenue because that's something I've done in November. Funny enough, even though it was probably one of the worst months of the community in the last half a year or so, my revenue, my MRR, actually increased because I decided to diversify my sources of income. So besides having the community, I also have the Indie Lottery that uh, this month, after all the expenses, made around 200 bucks. So it's 100 for me and uh, 100 for Joel, my co-founder. At the same time, I also made money with this podcast. So around 260 bucks I made from the sponsorships in this podcast. And, uh, and that's it. And then, around 500 bucks from the community so in the end of the month my MRR the money that I was able to g- generate only from my project so excluding freelancing is around 700 bucks which is quite quite good that's basically the minimum wage here in Portugal I know that the minimum wage here in Portugal is really low <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of have low standards here the other 700 bucks I made through freelancing And uh, freelancing is amazing because I have put so much more work into my projects than I have put into freelancing, but it pays basically the same. However, I I, I cannot lie to you, there's a lot of great aspects from doing freelancing and uh, I get to learn new things, I get to test my skills, but it's not the same. Obviously, I much rather prefer working in my own projects. But let's speak a little bit about freelancing, because I think it's really important as well for you indie hackers that are still not able to make a full paycheck out of your projects. Freelancing is a possibility. Now, it's really important to make sure that freelancing does not become your main job. I told you since the beginning that my goal was to keep my indie projects as my main job, and then my freelancing projects are my side gigs, my side projects it's kind of reverting a little bit the order, right? Even though the freelancing pays more per hour, I decided that I want to make my indie projects my priority. And that's really important because you really need to find jobs that are okay with that. So one thing that I tried always to do is to find short-term jobs, so short projects. And it's also important to pick your clients' right, And this might mean that you have to say no to a lot of opportunities. And I've been talking with a few other people that are... Are also freelancers, and so far the feedback is kind of the same. Pick your clients right. This is really, really important. So first thing to pick your clients right. Increase your budget. It like for me, I'm asking sixty bucks an hour, which to be honest is not the most expensive rate. There are other developers that are asking for much more. But I mean, it, it's still, it's still some money, right? There are others that ask for 30 bucks or ask for 25 bucks. So let me tell you a story. I had already three meetings, if I'm not mistaken, three slash four meetings with potential clients. From these three meetings, one actually became a client and accepted to pay the 60 bucks. And I'm really happy and it's, it's a great relationship so far. The other two end up saying no. I lost. A lot of time, I wasted a lot of time with meetings with this with these uh, potential clients doing my research, and i didn 't charge for it, so you also have to calculate that when you're asking for this amount per hour there 's a lot of time, especially in the beginning, that you are not asking for money you 're just preparing and kind of wasting your time or spending your time into this. Some of my friends, people that are freelancers, they say that they try to minimize meetings the maximum. One thing that I did wrong, so I had a meeting with a potential client. We spoke for more than one hour and I was just listening about their projects and listening and telling what I could help. And in the end, I said, okay, my budget, like my ratings are 60 bucks. And this client said, oh, that's that's too expensive. I, I was thinking around 30, 25. And I immediately said, okay, I mean, if you can find someone for that, price, go for it. Because I'm not that person. I cannot even afford to ask for that little money. It makes no sense for me. He totally accepted and understood. In the end, he told me that he was going to think about it. And it was a no. It was. It kind of sucked because I wasted a lot of time and it was like one hour and a half. So... In my mind, there's two things I could have done. I could have immediately said, hey, before we start, these are my ratings, 60 bucks an hour. Is this even like possible or shall we just like cancel this right away? But then I also think that when, when people get the chance to speak with me. I think I can somehow increase the likelihood of them hiring me, right? So you, you get more time to impress when you immediately say, okay, I'm 60 bucks. Like people only think about the pricing. Whereas if you first introduce yourself and, and show that you're capable or what you're capable of doing, maybe in the end, they will, they will be more willing to pay you that amount. I don't know. Like you, you need to decide. I have to decide. Uh, maybe for next time, I will try to be more open about my budget and say, okay, this is my rating so that we don't, both of us don't waste our time. But, uh, we, hey, I'm learning. I'm learning as well about being a freelancing. I, I'm, I'm for my current client, I'm keeping it really open. So we communicate a lot and I allow the client to ask me questions and to do little tweaks. I I need to navigate this very, very carefully because I'm afraid that the client will end up asking for more. And uh, one thing that I've done in the beginning was I wrote down everything that the client asked, and that's what I want to deliver. So it's also really important for you to be confident and say, hey, no, this is outside of our budget. If you want, you will have to pay extra. That's what's going on with the freelancing once this project is done. So in December, I am still doing some project that it will be paid. Once it's done, I have no other clients. So there's always this level of uncertainty. And I need to always take some time, some like one day a week to kind of try to find new clients, send some messages around, post some content on social media. It's important to do some sales. Like you you always have to do this. And it's part of being a freelancer. And it's part as well of being an indie maker. One other thing, and it's the last topic I want to speak about, is that the fact that I have now freelancing plus my projects, I'm feeling very overwhelmed and... I want to do the freelancing so that I get paid. I want to do my projects because I really like them. And in the end, I feel this addiction, like this. I feel really addicted to work. Every time I'm not working, I'm thinking about work. I don't want to do anything else. Like I spend the last weekends working. I spend my days at home. Like I don't go out because well, my I have a home office, right? So I felt that I'm was going, and I'm still am, I guess, going a little bit insane. Not insane, but it's definitely affecting my mental health a little bit a tiny bit and that's not okay so like any addiction like we maybe you are addicted addicted to sugar or smoking or i don't know something else you know that addictions you need to it's not easy to stop. You really need to put the brakes and your mind will want to go there. And that's why I felt with work. I felt that like, even if I want to stop, even I feel like I, I need to stop, I can't because I'm addicted. So yes, definitely a little bit addicted to work at the moment. And I'm trying to fight this by really taking days off when it's weekends, Sundays, let's start Sundays, no work. Even if I have free time, just let it, let it be, let it be, let, let me have free time, because if I'm not working, then I will have to fill this time with something else, being with friends, going for a walk, whatever, anything else but work, I think that's really, really important, and that's it, that's it, uh, regarding the India Lottery, I'll give you an update, in in the next episodes and uh, regarding the no code tool that i'm working with this freelancing uh it's called flutterflow i will also give you a review in probably the next episode because i think it's already too much for today however last i hope you you liked the interview i made with matt i know the quality is not good i'm really really sorry the sound quality is not good we basically did it here at my place and the mics were not set up properly. It was really, really bad. I have another interview coming up really cool with Marie, the founder of uh, Taliforms. This is a really good one. Uh, hopefully I'll have time to release it this week. And in the end of this week, I'll be also speaking with Dagobert about his new course and the whole experience of building the Twitter course. So that will be really, really fun. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, and if you want to continue supporting me, there's so many ways. You can buy the WB merch. You can become a member of the WB space and come build your products with us. It's 10 bucks per month. You can as well sponsor this podcast, and I'll be speaking about your product here. And you can tweet about it and share it with your indie maker friends. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time. One thing that ChatGPT cannot predict is the winner of the World Cup. I asked, no answer.